Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. On YouTube. On podcast. On live. This is Rebel Yell from the WFCSL. This is the Rebel Yell podcast, supported by MK Window Cleaning and Price Jones Electrical. Welcome to episode two of the Rebel Yell podcast, two weeks after our last one, or is it a week after our last one, guys? Two weeks. And two weeks, and we've already come back for you for the second one, but this one's a little bit special, isn't it, Spencer? Yeah, we've got a uh, women's special. Women's special. Well, we thought, I mean, Jacko, it's no point introducing you anymore, but I guess, yeah, here you go, Jacko's here again. Um, hello. Hello, he's come back. We didn't scare him off. We didn't, we, we didn't scare him off, did we, Spence? But um, it's... Um, uh, we, we thought the women did so well last year you know there's so much buzz around women the women's game at the moment with the World Cup final on Sunday you know getting Kelly and John on getting a couple of new players that we should get a podcast just for them for the beginning of the season well, next month we'll go back to the usual Rebel Yell podcast both but guys um, action pack one and we've got Barry Hunter joining us later on the chairman to speak about the investment and stuff going on around the club well it's exciting times around the club generally at the moment mm. you know we we focus on the men and most people focus on the men's team but the women did fantastic last year exciting season ahead after promotion and uh, lots of stuff going exciting stuff going on off the pitch as well which which Barry will fill us in on I'm sure yeah I think it's, you know we've got a great season to look forward to hey with the men who are doing so far great and I think with the women's team you know if they continue what they did last year I think uh, it's going to be very exciting but hopefully John and Kelly can tell us more about it later. Well, you're very good at leading on. You're already learning the podcast tricks, aren't you, Jacko? So should we go and speak to John and Kelly right now? Let's do that, let's do that. The Rebel Yell Podcast. John, nice to have you back. Thank You've you. You've been joined by Kelly. She's taking some of your limelight. Well, she deserves it. She's the reason why we won the league, so that's all right. Got that up in a plaque, Kelly. Well, I'm going to get that statement uh, recorded and, you know, listen well, to it. Well, it's going to be on here. It's going to be on here now. So, um... <laughs> 
John and Kelly, welcome back to uh, the Red Wheel Podcast, episode two um, for the 23-24 season. Your first in the FA Women's National League Division One. Have I got mm-hmm. that right? I have got that right. Southeast. 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 Yeah. I, nearly right. It's, yeah, it's yeah. less of a mouthful than the last one, isn't it? The London and Southeast. The yeah, blah, blah, too blah, much. blah, 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 yeah, blah, blah. Anyway, how's the summer been? What's the what, what's it been like preparing for the summer this year? Um, pre-season's always a pain in the backside um, <laughs> because the availability of players so they deserve to go away on holidays um but when you're trying to sort of bed in a a system bed in how we're going to play and you're sometimes dictated by who's available um but we've eventually got there and we've um a couple of formations different ways of playing so yeah we're here um, good, good range of opposition as well um you know there's been some of the games that have been yeah more on the easier side yeah. like that it's been quite kind yeah. Um, but you know, sort of, um, the last couple of games, uh, yes. Moneyfields and Fulham, they were good challenges, weren't they? Definitely. So, what we did originally is because we finished the season so late, we didn't want to come back as early as we, sh- we could have done. So, what we did is we put a game in against an opposition which kindly offered to play us earlier in, knowing that it wouldn't be as physically challenged as the others. So, it would be a good game for us to to get going quite early in the season. So, and then Kelly did some lots of work to try and arrange some games that would be progressively tougher. How was that for you, Kelly? Yeah, the team dropping out last minute is always fun. So, you know, we, we expected to have another team in Tier 4 as one of our oppositions that pulled out on us. So then it was a last-minute change to get a replacement midweek and they dropped out with us the day before. So we managed to get a final one in, you know, literally confirmed the day before didn't we so it's a lot of messing around in pre-season but I think we got you know as much as we possibly could out of it so which was good yeah to to have Southampton pull out and then Portsmouth I presume were the replacements that's that's a real spanner in the works isn't it as far as prep it is and, and often it is at short notice so um you know we we knew that it would probably happen so we had to look at how we would um replace that so we had a few teams that we we could contact but in terms of the players in terms of the work they put in the questions they ask which is nice um and then add in some players who've who've played at a, a very good level uh it's enabled us to to push the training sessions on and push the level of the games on so uh they've really driven it forward if i was uh, to compliment them which i suppose i should shouldn't i yeah um we're talking about pre-season, but I'd just like to go back to last season, and sp- especially the last game here at Woodside when you became champions on a Wednesday night. And something has been bugging me ever since that, that night. Everywhere you win a, win a championship, win a tro- you get a trophy at the end. And there was a lack of the league being here. And the way the w- women's football is going at the moment, I think there was a massive mistake from the league. And I think you and the team deserved much better than that. Well, thank you for that. I think um, it was disappointing in a way, but sometimes you just have to deal with it. So we knew we weren't, we needed to win that game to win the league. So that was the main focus. But it would have been great, more so for the players, to celebrate that, you know, with a with the league representatives being there. Um, unfortunately, uh, you know, the, the league we're in, uh, although it was um, a high level it was still considered grassroots football and you got lots of volunteers in the 
you know, committees and everything. So if they weren't available for it, then they couldn't get down to it. So I'm not giving excuses for but I think, yeah, it would have been nice to have a bigger celebration. I agree with you. You know, it doesn't matter what you win, everybody likes a medal. Yes, yeah, yeah. So it, it, it would have been. So the excitement wasn't diminished because of that, but I think to for celebration for everyone who was watching and everyone, you know, the players, supporters, friends, family, etc., that would have been, it would have been nice for them. So we talked about last season. Let's talk about this season. You've had, at the moment, as I can count, five new signings. Am I correct? You've got Abby Dolding in goal. Mm-hmm. Um, Izzy Glass-Oliver, defender. Yeah. Becky Barfer, forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, Daniel Rowe, midfielder. And Emma Blakely, fresh off the press tonight. Am I right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she'd be... Um... Yeah, she's talking to us in a bit. Anyway, it, yeah. um, so w- w- when you looked at the squad, were these ones that you felt needed to sort of get the squad to the next level and compete at a decent level at this side because I know you were quite pleased with the squad you had last season yeah. obviously there has been some players leaving and going and stuff and moving yeah. around yeah. but um, are these are sort of this is a level because I'm not I obviously you've been in women's football a long time you too but you see some of the players coming from places like Portsmouth mm. uh, you know that that to me is a big signing and a big statement by the yeah. club yeah and she was the Portsmouth captain yeah. so she didn't leave because of ability mm. um, she just left for, for other reasons so and what was nice she contacted us Oh, interesting. So that shows something that um, she's obviously heard some good things. Do you find it a little bit like speaking on our last episode to Adam Hinch with the men's manager, he's saying now he's having to sell Worthing a lot less than he used to before. Is that, you find that at your level as well now? Yeah. I just say Kelly's doing the coaching, I'm stepping back (laughs) and then they want to sign. (laughs) (laughs) Stay away. No, it it does. And I think, um, think players, it's a small world football. So... They know when something's being done correctly, and we try to do that as much as we can. Um, they actually like that professionalism, you know, being expected to be at training sessions, expected to work hard, expected to commit themselves for it. They, they expect that, and the better players like that. So when that's sort of there for the offering, they, they like it. So you, we saw last year with Rachel and Ellie, come down two divisions to play and mm. they've been offered i think one of the one of the things that um dan said to me danielle rose she said i was very surprised that the amount of financial offers i had to go to teams and she come to us for nothing that, so that says something about the way worthing is going isn't it definitely and, and how you two work mm. that people want to play for free yeah yeah I think so. I think that's the thing. I think we try and build a dynamic of a team, you know, similar to what you're seeing in the women's England team right now, where they enjoy each other's company. Mm. You can see they want to play for one another. So, you know, we won't, we won't accept anyone. It doesn't matter how good you are. If we feel that you're a bad apple and you're going to upset the dynamics of the team, then we're not interested in you. So I think players buy into that. You know, it's we spend a lot of time together throughout the week, so you want to spend your time with players you like and you enjoy their company. So that's I think that's very important for us. Yeah, it's, it's not even just on the pitch, it's off the pitch as well, isn't it? There's such a group together off the pitch as well, isn't it? Whether, it, you know, it's at training or before the games, after the games, yeah. you can really see, see that sort of group unity and you know they'll get on and they'll want to work and play well for each other yeah they're, they're they really are a great bunch you know just before this the, they're getting together and they're 
trying to set a date so they can have a team quiz night and you know team bonding session and get as many people there as possible so they're you know they understand how important that dynamic of the team is so you know it's really good no it's it's great i think that's one of the you see i think you go back to even when leicester won the premier league you know they weren't like nowhere near the amount of money that teams like City, United, Arsenal had spent, but they all wanted to play together. And I think that's how you start. You know, that's how teams work. That's how teams work. I remember coming watching the women's team on a Sunday and you had to bring your own can of drink with you because there was nothing open. Yeah. Now you can get everything what is offered on a, on a men's match day. So, you know, it's great. Yeah. I think that's it. That's important that um, the the club's open for anyone to come and watch the the bar's open, there's some food and drink. And if you know and guarantee it's going to be on, you know that that's where you can go. You don't have to think, well, look, it's two o'clock in the afternoon, where I'm going to have something to eat, where I'm going to have something to drink. I can actually have it at the club, watch a good game of football. And I think a lot of people obviously come and watch the the youth teams in the morning. So Mm. the actual bar and everything is open all day. And I think that's that's significant. It, it it steps all everything up, so it makes that match day experience for the supporters who we want to come and watch yeah. to be able to enjoy themselves. Yeah. So get on down, folks. He, he reached for the microphone just for that. There we go. <laughs> um, no, one well, one of the things I think was fantastic for the club is that Bowhouse have been a massive sponsor last season. They've renewed his sponsor. Is it for the whole period of the show? The whole two years of the show? Am I right in saying? Yeah, I think I so. don't know, but but it, but they, they, he's always down here. He's down here supporting the team. He you know, he's sponsored yeah, coaches yeah. to the big, and it's fantastic to see local businesses like that. You've obviously got focus on on the shirt as well. Um, it's fantastic. Um, so for the rest of the season, what are your expectations for this season? Where do you think, like honestly, from like this is an unknown for a lot of the fans that are listening to this. Where do you seriously think will be like last season? You said to us at the beginning we should be right up there, and you were right up there. What do you expect from league, and what you know of the league? I think with the players we've added, we should be punching up at the top again. The biggest challenge this season would be is we won the league and it was phenomenal last season, but there were some games that we were comfortable in and that gave us a real opportunity to get some players back from injuries and ease them back in. We could hold them out a little bit longer because we knew the teams that we were playing and we'd got a good chance of beating some of them. Um, so it enabled us to keep that 16-player squad as fit as possible. Yeah. Because you saw towards the end of the season, when we had um, five games in 18 days, yeah, our three subs on the last game of the season were like, question mark, whether they could play or not. Mm. And then we had to use them because we'd put all those games in. So I think that would be the big challenge for us this season, is to keep those players fit. And I think yeah. that'll have a big effect this season. Well, we kick off on Sunday against uh, AFC Wimbledon. Um, obviously, the Women's World Cup final is before. The Linuses have hit the final, which is amazing for this country again. So the question is, is it coming home? <laughs> what, the, the 11 o'clock final, you mean, World Cup? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're, they're going to win. Yeah, they're going to win. I think they'll win. Um, and what does that, you know, we've said about the Euros, obviously, last year. We know we've, we've spoken to Barry about it. We've spoken to other parts of the club. Hopefully, in the future, we can have a pathway for young girls to get into football. If England win the World Cup on Sunday, do you think it's just going to propel English women's football to another level again? Yeah, I think we saw the impact of the Euros last year. And I think this World Cup is going to have another similar impact. You know, my 
goddaughter now talks to me about women's football. She's seven and never really had interest in it. But she tells me uh, Lucy Bronze is her favourite player, <laughs> you know, so she's into dancing and drama, those kind of things, not football, but she knows these yeah. players now and she's excited about it. So, yeah. you know, it's fantastic. We've just got to keep the momentum going for the game now. Uh, fingers crossed it could give a good uh, kickstart to a good Sunday of football, hopefully, as well. Well, there might be a question on this Sunday's game for us because so many teams want to watch the World Cup final and so many are trying to travel while the final's on. Yeah. So we may not be playing Wimbledon this Sunday now. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. So keep an eye on the social media then. Yes. But that for but you... we have got Porter's Head away the week after. <laughs> Bloody hell. That's a long way, isn't it? That's a long way. Yeah, it is. That's an away day. There's no transport available. Fantastic. There we go. Thank you to the league. John and Kelly, good luck for the season. We'll speak to you uh, next episode, but thank you for joining us. Thank you very much. Thank yes. you. Good luck. Good to see you. The Rebel Yell Podcast. Well, it's nice to have Kelly as well, because we always see her around. She did admit she's quite people shy, and I had to say it's face for radio and all that stuff. But great to hear. They've had some new players this season. Um, Abby Dolding, new goalkeeper. Izzy Glass-Oliver, defender. Becky Bath, Daniel Rowe, and Emma Blakey. Um, Blakely. Blakey? Blakely? Sorry if I said that wrong. I've just interviewed you. I'm going to interview so it's ridiculous. But um, really top names coming to the club now from big clubs like Portsmouth. I mean, when Danielle, when I saw sign from Portsmouth, and, and Becky Bath, where did she sign from again? Becky Bath. Um, or was another big guy? Wasn't it? Well, it was Wimbledon. It was Wimbledon. It was, Wimbledon. It was or MK Dons. I think it was actually Wimbledon. from Lewis? Lewis as well, yeah. You know, we're just, John, it just shows that, you know, the name of John Kelly is really sort of reverberating around Sussex now. Yeah, well, it's, it's the appeal of John and Kelly. Kelly gets credit as well. Um, and, you know, word is out there of what a great group we've got and what a great club we've got and the, the direction we're, we're moving in. No, it's fantastic. I mean, I think, you know, it's, it's one of those things that, you know, I, I admit, hold my hands up and say, you know, a few years ago, you know, I wouldn't, I wasn't that interested in watching women's football but you know the buzz around the England women's team watching it down the club over the past few years has really got me into it and it's not just me you see so many people in the UK now are absolutely I was cheering on England probably just as much as I was cheering on the men's team during the last you know World Cup and Euros so you know to have these girls and these people coming out Spencer you say you've got loads there's loads of kids that come down at weekend now cheering on the players at the side Jackie you say that and you know these are people that are going to start idolising these players and you never know in a few years time we could see one of the Worthing players playing for the Lionesses wouldn't that be nice you know yeah. I think yeah I think people should come really on a Sunday if you, you know come and watch it and, and make your own, own, own mind up we say it's fantastic but you know <laughs> You know, I yeah. think you have to believe us on this one, but you know, like I said is, before, yeah. the football is really good. Um, you know, I, I always enjoy coming. Yeah, and if you've got a season ticket, you're getting for free on your season ticket. And Spencer and just if, spends it on the bar anyway. And even, <laughs> even if you haven't, it's, it's two pound for adults, I think it's and I think it's now. free for kids. four pound now. Oh. And they've got we've got, got, mate, we've got the leagues, got, got, get, got get more revenue in, haven't we? So, anyway, it's, it's, it's a cheap, it's a cheap day out, and you know, it's, uh, it's great. But, um, without further ado, Emma Blakely, who's, as I said, box fresh, you know, Rebel Year exclusive. Worth it. I don't even think Hayden's had the chance to interview yet. You know, no, Liminell, like. Well, I believe she's literally Fraser, just signed She's tonight. literally, so I hope she's published tonight or tomorrow before his podcast out before three o'clock because I'm, we will exclusively have a new player and it hasn't been announced yet. But Daniel Rowe, um, 
she was the first signing of the summer from Portsmouth. And Emma Blakely uh, join us now on the Rebel Yell podcast. The Rebel Yell podcast. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. So welcome to the Rebel Yell podcast, episode two. We've got Danielle Rowe and Emma Blakely, two new signings. Danielle, as we just said off air, you're old news now, sorry, but you were the first summer signing. Emma, I don't know if you're going to be announced by the time it's out. I hope you are, because then I'm going to get the chairman who's sitting right next to us telling me off of announcing news early. But um, welcome to Worthing Football Club. Um, you're joining at a time where the club is just on an upward trajectory after last season, a fantastic like win of the title, last day drama um, it came down to. And, you know, as you see the buzz around the club, you know, the men's team doing so well in, in the National League South, women's being promoted. Firstly, I guess, Danielle, you got the mic in your hand. Why Worthing? Um, I know John from years ago when he used to coach me at Brighton for, for one thing. Um, I know a few of the girls down here, so I've been hearing about the season from last year. Um, obviously, you know, hearing about the atmosphere, obviously they absolutely smashed it in the league. Um, so it was just sort of a, me looking for a new challenge, really, and something exciting to be a part of. Yeah, because we were saying to John in the interview we just done with him, like, you came from Portsmouth, you were their club captain, yeah. you know, Portsmouth you know, wherever they are, that, that's a big name. And, you know, Worthing a becoming up-and-coming name. Um, you know, it, it was a shock signing. It's a statement. So was, that, was there anything that sort of drove you towards coming towards the club? I think it was just the ambition. Um, I think, obviously, the intention, um, you know, a couple of the other signings, such as Emma, for example, next yeah. to me, um, you know, you can tell straight away that that was the ambition. The ambition isn't just to come up to Tier 4 and sit in the league and plod along, you know, that's that's not John and I know that's not him and, and you know, from speaking to him in pre-season and before I even signed, you know, he made that very clear. So, for me, the aim is to obviously try and help Worthing, you know, go as high as they can. Yeah. So, moving on from that stage of the discussions with John and joining and then playing him pre-season, how, how have you found that so far, that experience? Yeah, no, it's been good. I think, I think pre-season's been really enjoyable. We've had some tough tests, um... Some maybe not so tough, but they're all they're all good to get on they're all good to get under your belt, good to good to get minutes in. Um but yeah, no, it's been really enjoyable. Um obviously taking a bit of time for myself to adapt to a completely new group of girls, which I've not had to do for a while from being at Portsmouth for so long. Um but you know, it's it's a great group down here and it's yeah, just looking forward to getting started now. So tell us a little bit about yourself then. So uh a bit about yourself, where you live are you in the Worthing area? You have you come from Portsmouth area or you know, and what do you do as your day job? 
Um, so I live up near Hayward's Heath. Yeah. Um, so it's a lot closer drive for closer you. Closer than Portsmouth. Yeah. Okay. So that was another another bonus for me as well. Um, obviously Hayward's Heath are now in this league as well. So that's a nice local one for me yeah. for the midweeker. Um, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't shout about that if you're playing them, to be honest. You know, <laughs> we're starting a rivalry here, aren't we? Um, but yeah, so that was that was sort of. Um, a thing for me as well in terms of the journey but um, day to day I work for Brighton Council um, manage um, customer service team down there um, so I normally end up coming again I don't think you should say that on the podcast because you're going to have people coming up to you after the game with customer complaints potentially now, not no and it's, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. just use a different name it'll be fine yeah, no it's alright we'll, yeah, we'll give you a sort of different nickname or something yeah that's like fine that. thank so, you yeah. so Emma over to you like um, so it sounds like you've been around the club pre-season but you've just been announced and from what I understand from speaking to John, you're already kind of linked in with the club in the sort of academy type of, you know, with Chichester College, am I right in saying? Yeah, so um, our men's, Chichester College men's, yeah. uh, created the partnership with Worthing last year. Um, and so as a part of that, um, the women's side were allowed to play here on Wednesday. Um, so I already knew of the club um, and really looking to build that partnership um, now that I'm here playing as well. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So how did the move come about for you then? Um, it was very last minute, if I'm honest. Um, I was at my previous club, Salesy, for 10 years. So, um, it was quite a hard decision to leave there. Um, but John actually tried signing me when he was at Lewis about 10 years ago. Um, so I thought, let's, let's give it a go. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I mean, it's funny because like we, we've said, Spencer and, you know, Jacko, we've, we've had a lot of these podcasts and, you know, a lot of the women that come have known John. He's been known in the Sussex area for a long time. So obviously that must be a massive positive, like, because obviously he's obviously a good influence because he wouldn't be coming if he wasn't. You know, it must be great to finally say, okay, John, I'll come play for you. Yeah, definitely. I think he's known for uh, being not only a good manager, but a very good coach. And the second that I arrived here with his sessions straight away, I was really, really impressed and um, know that I'm going to learn a lot from him, even though I've um, had a bit of experience, but I'll learn a lot. And it, it must give you a lot of faith as well. If he was in for you 10 years ago and he's, <laughs> he's still been watching you, he must, yeah. he must have been in contact and he's come back. Yeah, I thought he could maybe, um, yeah, I thought he might be able to get a bit of revenge and say, no, I don't want you anymore, um, because I didn't actually go there. Um, I stayed with Chichester. But, yeah, so it's nice to be able to say yes now. <laughs> so what? let's talk about yourself. You work at Chichester College. Are you part of the sort of... Um, uh, is it physical education? Or when it was called PE, sports department, what, what's the actual title for it now? Uh, so I'm a lecturer. Um, yeah. I teach across the uh, BTEC sport um, and the football programmes that they have there. Yeah. So I teach on the football coaching programmes. And what age groups are they? Is that from um, 16? 16 yeah. to, um, depending, you, it's normally 16 to 19, but it can be yeah. older students as well. Yeah. So talking like we've, Welcome to John. This is obviously, you know, England are in the World Cup final this, this weekend, which is amazing, you know, and they won the Euros last year, which was just such an achievement, um, especially yourself, but I guess Danielle yourself as well. But have you found working in, you know, like college and education, you've seen girls really take an interest of football since winning and, you know, with the England being in the World Cup final, do you think this is going to take another level? Yeah, definitely. Um, already, um, especially at the college, we've seen a lot more girls um, be interested in signing and playing for us. Um, but I think what's really helped with the Lioness is what they're doing is we're now giving opportunities for girls that maybe didn't have those opportunities and giving girls role models. So like, I don't know about Dan, but when I was younger, my role models were like Thierry Henry and people like that. Whereas these girls now can have Russo, um, Hemp, yeah. like people like that. And 
I think that's really, really important. And that really must nice be amazing for you because you, you've probably ha- had the sort of frustration, you know, of being in the women's game for so long that no one cares about well, it until the last few years. Yeah. <laughs> You're now putting words in my mouth, Danielle. More, more <laughs> but, uh, experience. experience. Yeah, he's got that right there, experience. Um, but it must be nice, though, because, you know, you're now going to see girls coming down to Woodside watching the women's game probably more and more. You know, Spencer, you come quite a lot of the weekends. I'm un- with work. I'm unable to often come down. But you've seen it over the past two or three years how many more people are coming down. Jacko, you've come down with yeah. your family as well. Um, and when even I've come down. And you think you know, people are going to start like, you know, idolising you guys, for example, and thinking, you know, you never know, there could be a Worthing player that starts out a young 18, 17, 18, that may end up representing the Lionesses one day. Yeah, and I think that's what's really good. And the overall standard of the women's game has definitely improved. And I think what's really nice here at Worthing is you can see that um, they are really passionate about their women's side as well. Um, Like, when I was at Selsey last year, I had to be the secretary as well as a player, which was really tough. Um, whereas here, you can see they've got people in roles that, that need to Good be there. Good old Gareth, is that real? Yeah. <laughs> Good old Gareth. <laughs> but but you'll see as the season goes on, we do our absolute best to get sort of local young girls teams in to come and there'll be mascots and, you know, they'll come and watch and support and, you know, the whole the whole setup of getting the the men as young as possible and involved and meeting the players, you know, what we do here is is really impressive. Yeah, definitely. I thought that straight away. I don't yeah. know about you, yeah. What was it like at Portsmouth, Daniel? Was it was was it a big fan base? You know, were you playing at Fratton Park or was it like at the training grounds you were playing and stuff? Yeah, we um, they kind of would would make an occasion of the games at Fratton Park. We played there once or twice a season, yeah. um, and we did get quite a few. You know, we um, in just a pre-season friendly against Brighton, we played down at Fratton Park and had um, sort of over three thousand people watching. Um, yeah. You know, which for a, a pre-season friendly, we would have never expected anything yeah. like that. Um, they did they do did and do have a really good fan base down there um and it you know it is one of the the, the really good things about about Portsmouth as a club yeah. um, they do have a strong following um a lot of people that used to travel home and away even when we were you know going down to Plymouth Ipswich um you know places like that there was there was a strong following did so. Mr Portsmouth ever travel with you no sadly winger. not no, no. Wasn't he ba- he's been banned about 50 million times I think <laughs> I mean so like yeah. yeah I'm surprised he didn't turn up to be honest so we've we've heard of John Season's expectations he thinks you know with the investment in the squad and like you know the signings that you're going to be well up at the top in the business end girls what do you think you know like as a obviously as a player you want to be right at the top but like realistically as you know in the club and the feeling around it what do you think you know knowing the leagues and stuff yeah i mean look everyone wants to go into a league and do as well as they can the from the outside the expectation isn't on us it's like you know it's like luton going up to the premier league in the men's and thinking that they're going to win the title over man city do you know what i mean it's not realistically it's not going to happen so you know for for i'll I'll take you back on that you never know you know if this comes back back, (laughs) and see what time they do a leicester and they're like right at the top i'll I'll get you back in all right yeah i'll replay the clip what was that you said Um, but you know, from from that point of view, people would probably just expect Worthing to newly promoted team just to come up and sort of Cement realistically, yeah. yeah, be sort of in the relegation battle or just above it. But that's not what not why we're here. That's not why yeah. I joined. You know, we're aiming for top three, but. I'll, I'll leave it at that because I don't want to set the expectations too high. But yeah, I think we gave them the fright last season with Hinch and the men's team, didn't we? Thinking <laughs> we might make it in the national league this year, but you know, I think that's cyber relief when we lost to Oxford. But now we're joking, we wanted to do it. Um, 
We always ask players um, at the, their first interview an interesting fact about yourself, and I don't tell you before because it really puts you on the spot. We've had we used to do favourite biscuits. It's a bit boring that now. We don't yeah, care about that anymore. Now it's an interesting fact. So something like you know, keep it clean as well. You know, we all say you know somebody famous or something interesting. Yeah, who was it that? Um, who was it that had? Uh, no, he just said he went sliding for a swimming pool. Oh, like, yeah. Yeah. So, like, there was one of the women's last year, I think. Was it something to do with Bobby Moore or something like that? I yeah. can't remember. I can't, but anyway. I don't Mine's definitely was, not that, that interesting. Stop, yeah, you're just uh, happy for us to talk while you think there. Like, come on. Emma's got the microphone in her hand. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Um, I lost my kidney playing football last right. season. Right, this is interesting. <laughs> right, here we go. That sounds, that, sound, that sounds painful and interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's all I could think of. How did that happen? Uh, we were playing against Hashtag in a cup game and I went for a tackle and I think she thought I was slide tackling, but I wasn't. I was stayed upright and she like jumped up with her knees and it just went like straight in there and I thought I'm like, obviously straight away went down and I thought, oh, I've done my rib or something, but something wasn't right and yeah, went to hospital She'd lacerated my kidney, so it basically split in half. Um, and yeah, to be honest, really fortunate to still be alive. But um, yeah, they they removed it, so I'm fine now. Barry's now thinking, bloody hell, the insurance bill's going to go through the roof now. <laughs> no, actually, you um, the men are sponsored by Vita, aren't they? Yeah, um, I took out insurance before from oh, wow. Vita um, before, and. Um, <laughs> <laughs> And yeah, so yeah, that was really so that, that doesn't just like that's per, on a personal and professional level. That must be could very seriously impact. You must have to like approach life completely differently now. Am I right? Do you know what? It's weirdly helped my game. Like, oh, really? um, I know that sounds really stupid, but um, I used to just fly into tackles. To be honest, you still do. Yeah, well, <laughs> not like not as bad as I used to be. So it's helped me understand. Slow down a little bit, Em. Yeah. You're not gonna you're not gonna be able to yeah. clatter through them every time. Yeah, so no, that's very interesting. I think we've completed this feature, haven't we? We've got to think of something new. <laughs> we're, going to to think of, we're going to have to think of a new Sorry, Dan, now, I've absolutely killed Daniel, you. Daniel, right. No, 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 no chance. Can you beat that? Can you beat that? No, I can't. I'm, I'm so sorry. I, I should have got a biscuit anymore I'm for really obvious reasons. No, you're not. You've experienced loads. Have I? You're very interesting. Come on. Let's you something. Yeah. Um, no, I don't know. I've not had any big injuries like, like that. We've, we've, we've done the 999 stuff. That's out of the window. Yeah. Right? Let's do um, something. Personal life. Mm, not really. No. Um, I gave up. This isn't even that interesting, but I gave up football for a year because I went travelling and just sacked it off at home. Where sacked, did you go travelling? Sacked travel off then? work. You um, took into a flight attendant right here. So there we go. I like oh, traveling. there you go. Yeah, um, yeah. Southeast Asia, Thailand, Vietnam. Cambodia, Bali, nice. went to so went to Australia. Was that on your own? Was that on your own? No, no, my other half. Your other half yeah, so um, cool. Australia and New Zealand as well. So, so yeah, that was yeah, um, bags full of rehydration salts. I'm sure. Going absolutely. Yeah. yeah, but there we go. <laughs> uh, yeah, really bad. <laughs> barley yeah. belly. I've yeah. heard deli belly, that's a new one. No, barley, barley belly's bad, bad. yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> on that note, I think we need to send, yeah, this is meant to be a nice this podcast. Is yeah, <laughs> kidneys and talk about bowels, yeah, there we go. 
Danielle and Emma, good luck for the season. It's really great to chat to you. Thank you. Thank Do you. pass on to the other girls that it's not too scary to come on this podcast because it's always a bit of anticipation when especially last So you're time, asking so. us to lie? <laughs> <laughs> She's a cheeky one, this one, isn't she? Right, we look forward to seeing you. We'll see, well, we might see you on Sunday because we've heard it depends on, you know, if it's playing or not, but we'll see you throughout the season otherwise. And last question, is it coming home? Absolutely. 100%. Fantastic, girls. Thank you very much. Cheers. Thank you. The Rebel Yell Podcast. Great to hear from those players, guys. Um, as we sort of joked off here, so, you know, from when we started this podcast, Spencer, they used to come in really, all the players, men, women, they used to come in so shy and like now, like, full of energy, full of excitement. Right now, right now, you know, they just know what a brand Rebel Yell is. As we said, like we make people's careers in the media. So when, uh, when we see, uh, Daniel Rome and Blakely presenting Match of the Day 2 in a few years' time with Alex Scott. You know, we know where they started their media careers, eh? I, th- I think what is quite funny to say, John and Kelly said, I think it was Kelly who said, we don't recruit just on your football abilities, but also what kind of person you are. Yeah. And judging by with the interview <laughs> we just had, you know, I think as a group, they just really click, and I think it shows. Yeah, it's the same It's the same with all the players when we interviewed them. We say exactly the same, and... You know, if, you, if you're down here on a Sunday and you see them, just the way they are on the pitch, and they will stay in the in the bar afterwards. They'll get yeah. they'll get on fantastically. They're all off on a night out, or they're organising their next night out. They're 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 a really good group. Yeah, I mean, I'll never look at steak and kidney pie in the same way again after that revelation. Yeah, more just steak the kidney. James, gone. James ja- oh, here we go. I was going to say James Brain and tone down. And Spencer just doing his dad jokes again. If you know around, you know him. But anyway, um, I would like to say we'll be able to watch them this Sunday. But do keep it on social media. I don't think it's going to happen because uh, England are going to be in the final. But if it is, keep an eye because it'll be a brilliant day of football. If it is, you know, it'll be a big buzz about it. But and. Keep an eye out generally for the fixtures. Anyway, and um, Spencer Jacko, you fancy a naughty away day to some some Sunday somewhere in the country if we're allowed out, lads, 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 go and support and take the drum with us. Get Bigsy involved. He loves a. Yeah, we well, do a naughty little away day somewhere in the well, UK. There's, there's some great great away games this season for the for the women. I think there's none that can sort of tie in the same area. Like it'd be good if like you play like well, Bath and Portishead would have been the same yeah, weekend. Well, that would have been good. There's, yeah. there's Norwich City. There's Cambridge United. Cambridge City. Queens Park Rangers. Mm. Well, QPR would be good. One, a yeah. good one, I think. The do they do that Loftus Road or is that their training ground? No, I think it's the training ground, but. That'd be so, good. So but anyway, um, we look forward to seeing the season. Really excited. Like both teams. I mean, you know, if the men start, I mean, we'll talk about that in a later podcast, but with three wins out of three, that must give a bit of energy towards the women's team to see what success Hinch is bringing to the men's squad and then bring it into the women's team to start their season, kickstart it. I think there's a positive vibe around the club. You know, like you said, three out of three. And that, that's, I think it will cascade down to the women's team. Oh, how that's changed since we did our pre-season podcast after a quite average pre-season friendlies and look at the start we've had. But we're not talking about the men's, this is a women's podcast. Um, but just a little change up it. We've had news about investment uh, from, uh, I better get his name right, sorry. Ralph. Ralph Gilbert who actually owns a focus group, which is our shirt sponsor, but it's his investment arm, his private investment. Um, Barry Hunter promised to us, didn't he, that once everything's in clear daylight, he'll come speak to us. So we sat there with Barry, and Barry's talked to us about the plans around the club, talked a little bit more about the investment and what to expect, because it has been a busy summer, guys, for him, hasn't it, with, uh, with all the deals and stuff going around the club, which I had to remind him of. Yeah, I, th- I think it's been a really busy, busy summer, and, you know, uh, on and off the pitch. And, you know, the investment, I think, is a great thing for the club. Um, oh, it's going to take it places. It's you know it's going to take its places, get us ready for the next step as as a club in general, not just the men's, but I think 
in general. Yeah. Well, let's see what some of this investment is going to do because Barry delves a little bit deeper for us. The Rebel Yell Podcast. We're now joined by Barry Hunter, who um, couldn't join us on the last one because we've had quite a lot of news. And I think I've written on here, it's been the summer of deals for you. You must have been a very busy man. And I'll read the summer of deals. Oh, yeah. New stadium name, new shirt sponsors, new shirts, new training products, new sleeve sponsors, new back of shirt sponsors. Um, new women's sponsors, well, same sort of women's sponsors, uh, a new youth partner, investment from the focus group, all sorts, Barry. <laughs> Have you had a chance to stop? I'm glad you raised that, James. You look confused when I said it, <laughs> you've forgotten already. <laughs> and also, we've, we brought in a uh, new general manager. And new Keith general manager and Keith, who's fantastic. Yeah. You've, 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 you've actually given us a pitch side sign as Rebel Yell, which uh, yeah. I know it was Keith's work. I mean, it's taken a year and a half to get it, but Keith comes in within a week, it's on the side of the pitch, so you know, you can't complain, can you? Yeah, I think you're going to enjoy Keith being around, and he's, yeah. he's a very yeah. seasoned... Um, and as you know, we've, we've met with him, Spencer and I, because we've got various yeah. things boiling under the water right now, so bubbling away and, you know, involving the club, but... Busy, busy summer. Or I don't know if it's—it's it's probably not been the summer. It's been over the past few months because don't business deals don't just happen over a few days and weeks, do they? No. And you know, you came into the sports association meeting and sort of outlaid some of the plans for the club earlier on in the summer before they all went public. So yeah, um, I don't know really where to start. So <laughs> I guess maybe let's start about like the out with the old and with the new. Then so you know, Rabbit Group have been a sponsor for a long time. Crucial Environmental they've been sponsor for a long time. <laughs> What was the reasoning behind them and, you know, them not wanting to renew? Was it just the sort of level that the clubs were at and the sort of status and, you know, just the sort of maybe wanting a bigger brand to sort of highlight the club a little bit more? Yeah, I, I went to make a point of speaking and meeting both of the sponsors because yeah. the first thing you have to do is thank them for the support they've given us. Rabbit, before my time at the mm. club, and I know when George was starting to do the pitch with the 3G, the first one that went down that didn't succeed, but... I think Rabbit were in helping with some digging and they offered to help George and the club at the time. And and it's a time when the club needed some support. So they did a deal and then it was extended. And then when I got involved, we extended it again for another two years with the shirts. And shirts go in two-year cycles. And um, I went to see Greg recently um, to say, look, what do you want to do going forward? We'd love for you to be on board again because we we really appreciate what you've done. You're a great brand. You're a local brand. But I think um, he and, and the Crucial Environment, Dave, Dave uh, Crucial there, probably said the same thing. Look, we've, we believe we've done a really loyal job with the club. We've enjoyed the journey, but we probably think now you are growing at a pace where you're becoming more of a regional club. And we're, we're more local businesses and there's probably a better match for you. Um, and that's really how then we thought, right, actually, that was quite a quick process because... Mm. Those conversations happened in June, July, and we had to get on board um, mm. new sponsors. But yeah, yeah. it looks weird not having Rabbit on the show. We did say mm-hmm. it looks really strange after being used to it for so long. But so, how does the sort of appointment of a new sponsor work? Do you go out sort of touting local national businesses? Do they approach you? Like just from the general fan, because I ain't got a clue how it happens. I'm sure a lot of us don't. It's just sort of a pure interest how it works. Yeah. Well, the the main the, the shirt sponsor was a little easier for us because I was already having a conversation mm. with I, we, the board. We're having a conversation with, with Ralph Gilbert anyway. Which we'll talk about in a bit, yeah. Indeed. And it just occurred to us that he works, he owns and founded, um, co-founded a, a, a massive business in the area. And 
why not see if we can integrate that into a into an investment agreement so that was that, that helped us having those conversations anyway um and and the main stand um we obviously knew sussex transport and 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 the, the team there and we've worked with them on some other sponsorship deals They're a great group of people yeah and um damien got involved keith met damien keith made that deal happen with damien and uh, i think um I think that's going to be a really good good opportunity for both businesses. Well, they've got the biggest sign I've ever seen out the front of the stadium. It's not really incognito, is it? You know where you're coming now. But why were the name Community Stadium? Was it because obviously you've got the only other one I know around this area, you used to have the American Express Community Stadium, which is now been renamed to the American Express Stadium. You've obviously got the Camping World Community Station up the A24 for Horsham. Was it because of the fact this club really is at the heart of the community and you wanted to get that name in? And was that Sussex Transport saying that or was that a Worthing idea? Like, How did that bit come about? I would say it was our idea mm. because, first of all, we absolutely do want to be uh, a community club. And any, if we ever talk about vision and, and our mission and vision of the club, you will always hear about where we want the first team in the men's to be, what league they're playing in, where the women should be, pathways, etc. But we will always talk about our role in the community and the influence of football in the community. Um, but at the same time, we're right. We are. Look, we're located right in the heart of a, a, the residential part of Worthing. It's it's, it's much to your disdain at times with like yeah. plans for the club. I appreciate. No, but that's, but I think you have to turn some of those things into opportunities and strengths. And you know, you can walk to this ground. You can cycle. You can get a train. You can get a bus. You some can of drive. us can, can't they, Spencer? Yeah. Like me, <laughs> joking. Yeah, so. yeah. But no, you're right. It's been a yeah. it's been a busy old summer, um, and that's where I think. People that are working in the club off the pitch are at their busiest, to be honest. You have to set things up. We can't wait for a ball to be kicked in earnest, yeah. get the season started. Well, you've obviously spoken to John and Kay tonight. They're in a new league this season. One of the things we wondered, I think we spoke to about it last season, you know, from a funding point of view of the club, what happens? Was there a step up? They still, I understand they're still not not paying not paying the players am I right in saying it's just sort of you know cover costs and everything like that you know they've attracted some amazing names two of which we've had on here already tonight um, where from a business point of view and chairman's point of view like where does the plan set out for the women's team now because John's John's got big goals and we did joke about it he says he wants to be at the top <laughs> and we know what a heart attack Hinch gave you last season joking aside <laughs> yeah I mean, I First of all, it's great to listen in. I've listened into those two conversations because I don't get enough of a chance to meet and speak with the the team, the women's the, the women that play the players and the, and John and Kelly. So it's great to listen in uh, and learn about their expectations. We've got a meeting coming up actually in a couple of weeks as a board with the women's team or at least the the, the manager and coaches, so that we can properly understand what their true ambition is this season and and how we can help as a board to do that. It's always about balancing, isn't it? Because you know, there's no doubt that um, our our income into the women's team is going to be less than the outgoings. So it's being supported by the club. A lot of the things we do to support the women's club at the moment is around things that we're doing as a club. So whether that's getting the stadium to the right standard, putting a proper 3G pitch, making sure the lights are there. As you said in your interview, making sure we've got the right uh, quality of uh, food and beverage support and people are the bars are open and we can do those things for them but I, th I think it was um, John that said their transition from last season was grassroots football into National League now it's it's it, the trajectory is huge like the men's team and so this is a massive learning curve for us and what I would say is we want to do 
everything we can to support progress. We're about progress because this club can and have and should have um, successful teams both in the men's and the women's game, for sure, given the size of the town. So we want to understand what they need and we'll do our level best to help them. Yeah, you know, we've got so with the, the women, you know, some real away trips coming up to the likes of... Portishead. Yeah, Portishead's coming up, but it's Norwich, two yeah. Cambridge teams, uh, just off the top of my head, you know, so the, yeah. that's a real learning curve as far as just logistics and costs and everything, I guess, for the club. Yeah, it, it is. I mean, obviously for John and Kelly, it's something they're used to. They've played and you know, they've managed at a senior level. It's new to the football club and we've got to do our best to support them because they know what it's going to take and we're going to listen. And, and It's a very exciting time, though. Very excited to be involved. And, of course, I think it was mentioned, we want to introduce a girls' pathway here, for sure, as soon as we can. It was something bef- we discussed well, We've mentioned year. it since, you know, we've spoken about yeah. it, really, and even more heat behind it since the Euros. Yeah, exactly. And obviously, if we're, England women win the World Cup on Sunday... Again, you've got to strike well. Absolutely. You know, so what, what's the latest on that then? You know, you say as soon as possible, and we've known the pitch is so rammed and it's a massive source of income. Is it more of a case that we're going to have to sort of team with other facilities around Worthing to be able to provide that? Yeah, I don't, we are working on a project at the moment. Amazing, yeah. And it's to provide us with something that's more um, regular, a facility. Mm. I don't want to give too much away because no, it's not course. done just yet. Mm. But... Rest assured, and I think we've done enough to show that oh, yeah. we get other things right here. We, 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 we've got plans to try and address yeah. that problem because yeah. the one thing they should have is, is enough facilities yeah. to, to train them. I think it will be such a great, you know, the pathway for the, for the, the men's. We've seen yeah. great successes there. If for the women game, you know, if we could do that, you know, what a, what a way to play. play for Man City or like, you know, Man United in the, like the Super League, even the country would be amazing, wouldn't it? And they've started at Worthing. <laughs> yeah, but even if yeah. you look at Alan Newman went from here to, to Wimbledon, you know, that's the first yeah. step, yeah. you know, and, and I think John and Kelly can do it to provide, they can make players into better players and move them on. Yeah. You know, and, and I think the, the pathway is crucial to it. Yeah. And even I would say, my view is maybe the development centre on the Friday night have a separate one for, for the girls. That is maybe something to look at. But No, I think you're right, Jacko. I think there's but there's so much opportunity. The good thing is we've got two really very good people and sports team, and the ball's job isn't to try and give them a strategy or a plan. It's for them to determine that and for us to see what we can do to support them. It's got to be that way around. Yeah, I was just going to add to that. You know, there's so many young girls now that are interested in football and getting interested in football and, you know... If when England win on on Sunday, that's that's going to balloon even even more, and it's an opportunity for the club to to get in there and pick up pick up some local talent. I think I think it's the fact is as well as I, I I can put my hands up and say, a couple of years ago, three four years ago, I wasn't remotely interested in women's football, and it's not a sexist thing. It's not something to say, but watching them down the club has got me involved. Watching the country do so well. And now I, I found myself the last few days watching England games would be on TV. I'm cheering them as much as I am the men's team, which I've grown up mm. with. And that's what I think is amazing. You sort of grabbing the attention of these guys and, you know, it could be classed as mild sexism over the years, not through a club, but through personal, you know, people don't really care about wins, but we still get the old stupid comments. But, you know, how nice is it now that the country's turning around? You're getting, I reckon you'll see, you've seen Box Park, I've seen it on BBC, like completely full every day with like fans like it would be during the Men's World Cup. And 
the club being able to do something like that and the team getting better and better, it must be a, a massive opportunity. I, I can see you're going to take with both hands, but it's something you must be quite excited for, Barry. Yeah, I, I, I listened to um, the Danny and Emma earlier talking and, and the the... It's just fantastic to have such a buzz around the women's squad, another section of the club. Don't forget we're Worthing Football Club and we should embrace you know, all, all forms of playing and uh, all genders. And it's, it's not only great to see them enjoying themselves and, and, and coming here despite better offers perhaps in terms of money. Uh, isn't it great that, that it's the same thing we're getting in the men's first team as well. It's, yeah. it's the way we do things here. Um, the, the facilities, the, the ethos, the coaching, yeah. the... Putting people first, I think, is a philosophy that seems to breathe through the club. That's just such a buzz. And I, I, to see that in the women's team, in the men's team, and the junior pathways with the boys, and to bring that in into a girls' pathway as well, it, it's going to make the club a much stronger proposition for sure. We're really looking forward to it. And just something you said earlier, James, three, four years ago, you said, I'm going to watch women's football. People laughed at you and thought yeah. you were absolutely mad. You know, I've been going two, three years to watch women's football. I absolutely love it. Son, you know, I'll take my son with me. We absolutely love it on the Sunday. Much more it. chilled vibe, isn't it, than like going and watching the men's it's game? A real, I think it's a real family day out. Yeah, it's loads of but, kids. But what what does help though? I think the Worthing women play really nice football. Oh yeah, they play brilliant football. Yeah. So that oh, that always helps. Mm. I think one one of the differences, and I know this through my own professional career with with, with football and and sport, that um, I think the stat is that sixty eight percent of boys, maybe a little higher between the ages of five and eight are introduced to football. Two, three years ago, that figure for, for girls was about 11%. And the only way this is going to really grow, the women's game is going to grow in England, is is by introducing girls into football at a much earlier age and getting them up to the same sort of ratios as we got with boys. That's going to make a huge difference. No. And I think it'll be exciting because it will happen. You start a pathway, you see how proud you were and players like Jasper Patton have gone over to Wickham. Ricky, I know he's back here this season, but he's been to Swindon, he's got that experience. You see like Marvin Armstrong, you know, Finn, you know, they're all playing at a much higher level mm. of the effect that Worthing has had. Do that to a woman, like, you know, get a girl in, she's maybe been dropped from Brighton. Pick her up off the floor again and get her through the system. She's back up playing Super League Championship football. It'd just be amazing because it'd just be, well, hopefully it could be worthing up at those positions that are playing there. You never know. Yeah, I I think, you know, I think the sky's the limit, isn't it? Yeah. Sometimes. Right. So we talked about that. Is it coming home, by the way? Absolutely. Good. I watched the game. uh, It was brilliant, wasn't it? Some of those goals. We were very impressive. Not just the goals, but the link up play. Just just everything. Yeah, Yeah, Sabrina Wiegman's really done wonders for the squad, hasn't she? Yeah. Dutch. Sorry. (laughs) That's why you've got to support it anyway, haven't you? Yeah, if it wasn't. Um, So we've had the investment from the focus group of statements, I think it was last week. Um, 10% he's taken in the club, 10% share of the club. how did that come about? You know, you said you were in conversation with him for a, a while and everything like that. Was it the sort of trying to take the club to the next level? You realised that maybe some outside investment was needed and, you know, I don't think you need to sell him the club because he's a local businessman. He knows the area. You don't need to sell. Everyone knows what we're doing. So, you know, just how did it all come about, Barry? Well, first, just to be absolutely clear about this, is it's Ralph Gilbert himself yeah. privately he does own Focus Group. Oh, so it was just, okay, cool. It's a private investment from him. Focus Group are involved because he could, but they're and not the, sponsorship they're the, not shares, the investors, yeah. yeah. It's uh, Gilbert Investments. It's his investment vehicle. 
Um, I'd love to say this was part of a, a M&A strategy that we've had at the club for a number of years. But I think George had a mutual friend with, with Ralph um, that connected. And it is fair to say that over the last few seasons, we've had quite a bit of interest from people or organisations that have wanted to buy a chunk of the club. They've come in different sort of shapes and sizes and different conditions. And when we, we have spoken to others, but when we spoke to Ralph, we just felt that the balance of the relationship, what he wanted from an investment and what we wanted from an investor, sat perfectly. So, Did you get the feel from other people that this isn't the right fit for the club? Because I guess they've got to have some sort of... You, you've got to feel comfortable with them investing in the club and, you know, because... You know, you, you take someone that maybe they've got the money and they might want this, but, you know, then it goes all peak tong down the line. Yeah, I, I think that the money is out there. For me, the most important thing is that we know what we're trying to do and we've got a, a clear plan and we've got people in the organisation that can deliver that. So to bring in somebody else who wants majority share to take that all over themselves, for me would have been, and I know for George and Chris, would have been a disruptive thing for the football club despite more money perhaps being out there, more available. But for us, we've got the right balance of investment here. It's a 10% shareholding in the club. So he doesn't want to run the club. Mm. He wants to support what we've currently been mm. doing, see it, see it progress. Um, but in Ralph, we've got somebody who's well-connected locally. And I think for a lot of projects we've got in place, he can help us with some of those. And he's also got, um, for a relatively young man, he's got a, a lot of now some business experience, very successful so I'm sure his experience will help us navigate through some challenges and some opportunities as we go through all that we're going to be going through. Mm. He's really keen. He's really keen to get involved with the football club, and I think, um, but he knows that it's something he wants to learn. And I think it's just a great balance with the amount of money he's introduced as well. It's just worked perfectly for the life stage of the football club. Yeah, no, it's, it's interesting because I guess I guess you would have earmarked the investment for certain projects around the club, which obviously when they become available to present to the public and the fans, you will be able to. Do we expect over the course of the season to see sort of announcements every so often that, you know, these things are going on in the club, whether it's infrastructure facilities or, you know, whether it's in the playing squad? I know you've said it publicly, you want to go full-time within the next five years. You know, with this investment, could that maybe be a bit closer than five years now so a couple of things so the investment that we've introduced to the club isn't to fund um a uh, a salary base mm -hmm. because the minute you do that you're into areas then of, of jeopardy because three years down the line if that money stops what happens and we've seen it so many times well, with other clubs yeah, yeah. many, exam many examples of that aren't they yeah when, you know when it goes wrong it goes Really wrong. Uh, yes, it does. Very, uh, bad example. Yeah, yeah, and it's it, it, so there are a lot of examples of where that's happened, and and it's a, it's vulnerable, makes you vulnerable. So we talk a lot about sustainability. What we want to do is only spend what we earn. So how we will fund our ongoing annual costs, salaries, and everything else will be through our ongoing annual income streams, which have been growing really well over the last two seasons. So we believe with the um, income growth we've got going on we can continue to grow the playing budget and invest in full-time staff within the club. The the one-off investments that we need for the stadium can be covered by these sorts of investments, and that's what that's what this is for. 
so exciting times because we we know like some speaking like Ange is very good for like finding grants left right and centre for little things like that and you know we we all we all love to see the stadium progress. Um, is there anything coming soon that you can uh, you can say to um, the Rebel Yell listeners of anything coming you know very soon to the stadium that might be improving the match day experience? And we're not talking about Big Z and his toilets because we know every time he sees you, he says, "I want more toilets." So. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're becoming very diplomatic in your uh, old age here, James. It's... I know I'm going bald and I'm showing my hair off, but you know, bloody hell, Jesus, I'm not You take offence to that, yeah. <laughs> I, I say diplomacy because I know, you know, we talked off air yeah. about different things and, and you know I'm not keen on the rumour mill, I'm more yeah. keen on... Well, I, don't really, I can't really be asked for you to message me later on tonight and go, can you take this out, which normally <laughs> happen because I think I've got a deadline of tonight to get this online. So. No, I, we have a responsibility. I've got a, a, a role to play here, yeah. haven't I, just to give people a... a proper update it's just like I think us. you know it's not it's, it's more the things that sometimes um you know there's so many rumor mills going mm, on and mm. it'd just be nice to hear from the horse's mouth like you know that's right but going back to what we're saying so yeah stay like what what's what 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 the latest plans in the pipe works that you can sort of talk about to give the fans a little bit a little bit of juicy gossip or so something. so the investment that we've got in now um will will be deployed in the stadium through the stadium and Keith at the moment is going through a plan of how do we deploy that money? And we've got, I think we've probably broken it into three parts. There's the absolute must have, which is for us to go up, for us to be able to say to Adam, great season, you've got promotion this year, next year, whenever that might happen. By the way, we've got money aside to do all we need to do for the ground for us to survive in the league above from a ground grading point of view. That's got to be the must. And it's all tick now, isn't it? Like we're fine in this level with our stadium now. Oh, we are fine here. Yeah, but if yeah. I'm talking about if we sorry, go national league, yeah, national, um, league, national yeah. league. We are future proofing our ability to go into the national league yeah. with the ground grading. So some of the money that uh, has been put in by Ralph will go against ensuring with grants that we can do all the things we need to do in the ground to survive and, and actually meet the ground grading requirements. It, that will include um, uh, having 4,000 uh, capacity rather wow. than the three that we're at the moment. Now, that's going to require some work in terracing. Imagine 4,000 people here. <laughs> well, exactly. Having um, uh, terracing behind the West End goal, which is you need the steps, which is at the moment flat, um, yeah. We need to do that, and we need more turnstiles in. So there'll be quite a lot of things that we've got to do that we need to set aside for whenever we can go up. We want to be in a position to say to Adam, go, go ahead, keep going. And things are going to be on a league basis, aren't they? I think you made that quite clear to us last season, you know, in the podcast. Like, it's not all going to happen overnight because some parts of it, there's no point because you do get grants if you go promotion. There's there's no point spending the money now when if we get promoted next year, we can get it done Per grant. Yeah, and as much as there are things we would love to do now, we would be foolhardy to spend money that we know is available in grants that's there from, from the FA and the Football Foundation. Then, then there's a second tier of uh, need to have. If you look at the stadium as it is, and I would probably call it more of a ground than a stadium at the moment, we definitely need more cover, roof cover for terracing. We've lost what we did have behind the West, West End because we needed to fix some um, capacity challenges that, well, basically the calculation for capacity behind that goal mm. was zero mm. because those those steps were yeah. no good. Yeah. That flattened. We had to take the stand out, and that stand didn't survive beyond yeah. taking it out. It's a bit rusty. Yeah, so clearly that's an obvious thing. We are, if not today, by the beginning of next week, there'll be a planning application in to put a, a covered stand across the whole of that West End 
And that will then form part of our thinking of how we deploy some of the investment we've now, I remember in. you and Isthmian League, we were at Carl Shorten, and you stood there outside the pitch next to me saying, oh, I love this stadium, this is what I could envision Worthing being like. Is that what you, you know, obviously it's going to be a little bit more modern than that because that was built back in the day, but is that what you envisage over the next sort of five or so years to look something similar like that, almost enclosed, terracing, stuff like that? Is that what your goal for Woodside Road is? Yeah, the thing I like particularly at... Uh, at Carl Shorten was the the stand opposite the big main stand mm. uh, opposite which ran the hundred meters yeah. the length of the pitch but it was all terracing yeah, yeah. 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 I think that's going to work for us here because for us to get the capacity we need more terracing but mm. we need it undercover so that that particular stand I think would work really well on the north yeah as we go up into the step one, the National League, we need to get another thousand capacity. Definitely that will involve some form of development on that bank where we can get some support with grant funding. And obviously the things with um, step one at the moment, you're not allowed to drink pitch side, you know, if we did go up and that's a massive income generator for the club. I guess having this big fan zone behind here is a massive bonus for us as well because of, I mean, that must be something you have to sort of work out in budgets, isn't it? You know, with the drinking rules. Yeah, the, the the drinking rules we are trying to understand because I, I'm i told that there's some local uh, interpretation of some of that with licensing laws, etc. So I don't know enough so at the could, moment about what's possible. could be a trendsetter if we get into step one. You could be, cause <laughs> we, we know Peter Crouch did that documentary about yeah. you know Dulwich. You know, one yeah. of the reasons they weren't, didn't really want promotion, kind of relegation probably suited them well because they got yeah. two more promotions to get through with uh, you know having drinking at the side of the pitch officially. So, I mean, that's something that's the lifeblood of non-league clubs. Yeah, but it is. But if you look, the buildings were in a diff, really bad state of repair, weren't they? Oh, it was yeah. Just the drinking was the whole thing around it. And I think we are in a much better position. We are. Our chat, we know that we we could, but there'll be enough demand here, especially if we go out and push it, which we haven't done big time yet, uh, is that actually when we get people to the ground, probably we're not going to be able to service them at the standards that I think would keep them coming back week after week. So our priority, as much as it, you know, it bothers me that we're not out practically trying to drive gates at the air uh, of the week my, my priority the ball's priority is to ensure that the stadium is in 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 a good place where people mm. come and have a good experience yeah do you, so, you know you're saying four thousand potential capacity it's everything that sells that's associated with that isn't it it's serving people drinks food toilets getting people in the ground getting people out of the ground with four thousand they're that's real challenges, isn't it? It's not yeah. just where they stand. It is. And we're trying to think, plan ahead as usual. That's what we, we need to do. So included in our investment thinking, our strategy will be more food and beverage outlets. I can see Keith looking at one down in the southeast, south west corner. Yeah, I, you know, I don't even know the, the sort of yeah. directions when I'm sitting here. I, yeah. <laughs> southwest corner is over yeah. where nearby the, um, the the mast, the mast. in yeah, that yeah. corner there's that mast area. is stuck there for a long time though isn't it that's another story <laughs> oh here we go this is for another podcast that's another podcast well I've got an idea babe behind 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 the uh, stand there's a long long brick wall have you ever thought about putting a long urinal along there and that, that'll be a, that'll be an alleviation behind behind the main stand they do it in Germany don't they and stuff like place like that just a men's urinal outdoors just a little bit of cover it'll be perfect it has to be mentioned yeah but we need to but we need whatever we do do we need to do it properly yeah we need to be you don't want it to look no we need to it right and that, that's um, very non-league and yes. you want it to look like <laughs> well, professional where we want where we want to go we 
We need to do it properly. Don't yeah, we? well, you need to look above yeah. non-league theory. You know, it's and you know that again. That's we digress. Yeah. It's for another podcast. But didn't us say on the announcement from the investment, we want to be professional on and off the pitch. Yeah, full time. So what that's trying to say is that um, we've got a lot of volunteers. We've had volunteers running this club for a number yeah. of years, well, forever. For us to get into the National League, behave as a, a professional football club, we need to have both full time on and off of it. Yeah. Do you expect this planning application that's going in? Do you expect much resistance from the neighbours? Because I would have thought it would be quite good because they get a bit of shelter from the sound. I don't have see. Have you done sort of questioning and so, yeah, so. We've done our homework. Yeah. We've had the planners over. We've taken advice on what they would consider reasonable. Um, I think the application is going in for a two and a half meter height. So not as high as we'd want it, but it would fit with the tops of the sheds behind that, okay. uh, behind those fences. It wouldn't. Do, so be nice and cozy, but just like a good atmospheric. Similar to maybe a bit higher than what we had. Yeah. But across the whole width is what we'd like to try and do yeah. as part of a plan. Uh, we want to get that done as soon as. I'd like to think before Christmas, but that's down to Keith. Yeah, because we were saying, like, we've said it last year, you know, I've mentioned this to you before, you know, one of the things is, I think because we've got the investment now, you can seriously look at it, but we did say that, you know, these fixtures come in in the winter. We need to get as much money as possible. You know, if it's a Tuesday night, it's zero degrees outside, it's peeing with rain. The lack of shelter could drive people or the casual fans away. And I guess that's something you want to offer them. So, yeah, it might be raining, it might be horrible, but we have got shelter now. We just need more cover, don't we? For even our regular law supporters, we just need to give everyone a much better experience yeah. than they're able to enjoy at the moment. I, I know that. The board know that. We've got the investment in. We've got a good guy going to lead the project, so I'm, I'm comfortable we're going to get there very soon. Yeah, it really adds to the atmosphere in the ground as well when everybody's under under a roof making a making a bit of noise. You just want something more to bang and behave <laughs> and behave because it's I nice and I new. Never, Dude, if you ever see dents, if you ever see dents in the back, blame no, him. No, you want to bang from the ground. Um, <laughs> and talking, well, obviously we did mention off there, but one more planning application has gone in about the fan zone roof. Finally, we might have something this winter because we do know like it wasn't used to its full potential last winter because obviously that area got very muddy and people aren't going to go and you know that could be a place we went to where was it we went in uh, Isthmian League Potters Bar and you I know you that was yeah, another one you right. said We've, even in the winter where it was cold and freezing cold outside we were all still stood under there yeah. lights there was a bit of heating you know they, I think they had screens out there and everything yeah, like that and yeah yeah outdoor heaters so people stayed around there and it's quite a nice facility I guess that's the sort of same sort of vibe you wanted to go for yeah here. it is and um, again we want to try and do it properly so we wanted a proper floor. Not the Oktoberfest stalls that they had there from no, like exactly. the Christmas markets. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. We wanted a porous floor that was solid, stable. We didn't want muddy grass. We wanted a roof so people could keep dry. It had to be supported properly. There's a lot of uh, foundations being developed for it, believe it or not, for it to be safe and, and secure. So we've taken our time pulling together the right spec for what's needed and that's in planning already. Yeah. And I'd like to think again that will be in before... The, you know, around yeah, the November good, yeah. time. And just before we wrap up, we've been speaking, a great chat as usual, Barry, thank you. But the the new bar, the old gym, it's been an ongoing saga. I know we've had change of management, change of bar owners and everything, the bar management and stuff like that. What What is the latest with that? Because I know it has been used occasionally on match day for the shop before the club shop was here in pre-season. Will we see a fitted out bar this season or is that kind of maybe gone on the back burner a little bit now? The actual bar itself in that building probably won't happen this side of Christmas. Okay. We've got the bar, obviously, with Outside. fan zone. The important thing is that uh, the agreement we have with Dan and Ultimate Fitness is that the 
as you walk in from the front into the building, the left-hand side of the doors is permanently ours as a club. We haven't partitioned yet, but we will, and that will then form part of our demise. On a match day, we open up the partition and we have access to the whole building. So there will be an investment plan in there. It will be part of what um, Ralph has invested in us. Brilliant. But we can also go and get grants yeah. as well. So we're thinking through how we best deploy that. So by this time next year, we'll probably see a very different looking Woodside Road, hopefully, if all goes to plan then, Barry. I hope so. Yeah. Maybe in the National League. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe what the women's, what would be National League... It would just be the National League, won't it? It won't be Division 1, it would be in the National League. It won't be a South East anymore. But yeah. yeah. Barry, thank you so much. Guys, anything else from you? No, thanks for all no, the information. Yeah, you chose, but we appreciate yeah. it. Are you, Pleasure. Gonna, are you going to be texting me tonight? We'll see. <laughs> there we go. The Rebel Yell Podcast. It's been a very long but enjoyable podcast tonight. You know, they do all the work for us, don't they, guys? They make it really easy for us, really. <laughs> <laughs> we just got the microphones, which are now branded, I'd say. They look quite swish, don't they? They really, yeah. Swish, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Unlike us. <laughs> yeah. Unlike us, yeah. I don't know what that is. Guys, um, so, hopefully see... Oh, Jack, I know you're going on holiday, sunning, sunning yourself. Yeah, I am. Getting, getting your sexy body out on the beach with a nice little tan, so you come back nice and brown in a few weeks' time. Um, for Spencer... I hope we'll see you down well. I'll see you on Sunday for the Women's Football World Cup. Yep. Hopefully the women's working team, but it doesn't look likely. But do keep an eye on the social medias, guys. Um, it's unfortunate because we were going to be down promoting sponsorship. I'm not sponsorship. I'm membership of the Worthing FCSA on Sunday where you can pick up your new badge now. So if you listen to this, if you go into the men's game, um, you can pick it up on Saturday uh, before the game and also sign up if you haven't signed yeah, up we'll already. Be out, we'll be out signing up. Keep an eye out for us. And if we are down here for the women's game on Sunday, if it is on, we will be here as well doing that on Sunday. So um, just keep an eye on that. Otherwise, we will be at other games. We will be at other women's games right up until next few months. We, we've got about 300 badges. So we want at least 300 members this year, don't we, guys? So that's, come on. That's good target. It's £8. £8 for adults, £5 for children. You get a really good badge, if I don't say so myself. Um, but, it's, but, but honestly, Spencer, how many people said they just paid out for the badge itself anyway? Did you decide that? No, I didn't. No. Last right. How much longer have we got left on this podcast? And and coming soon, coming soon, new Rebel Yell t-shirts. So keep an eye out on socials for that. Yeah. So coming soon, we will have new Rebel Yell t-shirts. But please do support us. Come down if you can on Sunday. Support the women's team all throughout the rest of the season. Um, sign up for the Worthing FC Supporters Association. £8, I said, for adults. £5 children. Not just an amazing banging pin badge. It looks unreal and it glistens in the sunshine. Done it. I'm just getting the looks right now. But anyway, um, lots of bonuses this season. Benefits, you get the chance to present player of the month. You get the chance to win a prize draw. Kids are a little thing. And we have, obviously, it supports Rebel Yell in itself. So, at Rebel Yell, WFCSA on social medias, on Twitter, or X, what it's called now, Instagram and Facebook. Uh, Worthing FCSA on also those social media channels. Rebel Yell live on a match day with Pete on a men's match day. Tune in. Tune in monthly to this podcast. Also now available on YouTube. Yeah, but yeah. YouTube and it work. worked. It worked. It worked. So yeah, guys, thanks again. I will see you in a few weeks. We'll do yeah. uh, we'll do the men's catch up. It's going to be like a bi-weekly thing till next month, isn't it? Because we'll do the men's yeah. end of see end of month podcast in a couple of weeks. But other than that, up the rebels. Up the rebels. How you rebels? 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 